With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to another Anfield Index Pro Plus podcast. It's another day. It's another Darwin Nunes podcast. And today I've got Cristiano Oliveira from the Benfica podcast. Did I say your name right, Cristiano? Perfect, baby. Perfect. Absolutely. Welcome to Anfield Index Pro, my friend. Uh, my, my pleasure, Gax. Thank you very much for the invite, man. It's a pleasure to, to be here on the Anfield Index talking to you guys. Just, it's, you know, fantastic. Well, one of our old schoolers, Mr. Marco Lopez, uh, put you in touch. So thank you to Marco. We'll be having Marco on, guys, uh, on Thursday to talk about um, Darwin as well on the old school podcast. So, yeah, you can wait for that one. But today we've got Cristiano and uh, great, to, great to have you on the show, mate. We've been talking offline for a long time, actually. And so we should really start the podcast. It feels like You're I know you already. But how about you introduce yourself to uh, all of the Liverpool fans listening right now and a little bit of background. Uh, what's going on, everybody? My name is uh, Cristiano Oliveira. I'm part of the Benfica podcast, the weekly Benfica podcast. On we we like to record every Tuesday evening, which so over there in Europe it comes out uh, on Wednesday mornings. Uh, we discuss all topics, all things Benfica. Uh, been around football my whole life. Was born in Portugal, came to the United States at eight or nine years old. Something I don't even remember. It's my bad. I should you know should remember when I came, but it was it was around that time sometime. And uh, obviously stuck around with Benfica ever since. My first love. You know how it is, Gags. You never forgive nah, your first you, love. You don't. You don't. You know, do, you even don't. in those tough times when Benfica went 11 years without winning a trophy, which was the longest, uh, sadly, the longest period of our club without any silverware, I stuck by them. Um, difficult times, not just because the current status of the club, but because at that time, as I mentioned, I was living in the United States of America, which I still am. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't easy to watch games at the time you'd have to go to your local portuguese club which was a couple miles away you'd have to walk in snow or freezing conditions to, to the one place that had the huge satellite dishes i don't know if you recall those but like those <laughs> nasa dish dishes right and so you'd have to go to one of those clubs to watch the game and then there was no coverage listen you young lads you guys are spoiled today Man, uh, spoiled. <laughs> you guys don't know what it's like uh, hey to, you know what we used to have i don't know if it was in the in, in america we had teletext so it was like you'd, you'd have a button in the UK and press on your TV and it was like 
like the internet, but it wasn't. It was a service where information was passed through the aerial and you would literally just get your Liverpool news or whatever on that. I mean, that was amazing, but it it would take forever. The scores would be on there. So obviously you can't watch the game, but the latest scores are on there. So we were kind of introduced to the internet a little bit. It wasn't like the internet, but it was teletext was still an unbelievable thing for us as kids. Luckily, you grew up in a football crazy country, right? Yes. I grew up in a country that was very hard to get the games. Right? If you want a baseball, basketball, football, those are easy. But what we call soccer here, football, right? It was very hard. And, and, and here's the worst part about it, Gags, right? Any Portuguese guy around my age that's watching, that's listening to this now is going to recall this, right? At the time, right? This is before Liverpool plays on Friday, Man United plays on Saturday, Man City plays on so, so everybody gets to watch. No, back in the days, every game was at 3 p.m. on Sundays. And you, if you're a Benfica fan and they, they played the Benfica game on the year that day, great. You got this. If not, it was Porto or Sport. You got one live game per week on TV. And so you'd get to see the highlights on the Sunday, and you'd get to see your two-minute clip on your team. It was, I mean, it was very difficult at the times. But, you know, listen, that that's why we love it, right? The difficult things, uh, those that stick around for true love. And luckily, I stuck around and Benfica is living better times right now. Superb, man. And I think we'll get to how this transfer might help Benfica so much uh, a little bit later on. Well, you know, there's two sides to the coin, the money and then the player, you know, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So first, let's start from the start then. So Darwin, when he first joined, you know, um, just tell us a bit about the time when he joined, what what the initial expectations were, what what initial thoughts were of people when he actually first joined Benfica. What was, if you remember that, uh, it wasn't too far back, actually, was it? No, it was three years. Well, Gags, you're talking to a person that was very critical of the signing at the time. Wow. I, yeah, I went on the Benfica podcast over and over and over and absolutely ripped Benfica to shreds. I was not happy with this uh, signing at money. all. Big money. You're talking about a player that is the highest uh, transfer in the history of Portuguese football in all of Port. Not, you know, again, small, small teams in terms of money, you know, huge clubs, but it's money wise are very, you know, very small. And so when you spend $25 million plus for a player, you're expecting a player that's coming in and giving you, you know, bagging you 30 goals right from the get-go. Not a, 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 you know, a lottery ticket, which that's what I was calling it at the time. Benfica had been involved in a romance with Edison Cavani, who wound up at Manchester United. And that was the player that, you know, from everything we heard, and I had confirmation from very good sources that he was actually going to be presented. And I went on Twitter and I said, Edison Cavani is going to be presented tomorrow. And then when he did, and I got shredded to pieces. But, you know, my fault. I shouldn't have listened to those. But it was very, very good, reliable sources. So once Benfica turns their attention and spends 25 minutes on a player from the Spanish second division, Almeria, a player who wasn't even the, the leading goal scorer on his own team. I mean, excuse me. Sorry if you, if you didn't think I should have doubts. I don't know what's wrong with you. But in my mind, it you know, set off a bunch of alarm bells. And so my expectations on him were that this guy was going to come in, back goals, and he struggled. And in his first season at Benfica, whether the pressure of the huge contract, the, the huge transfer fee, I should say, uh, weight on him or not, you could tell this was not the player that we all anticipated we were getting. Yes, he showed flashes, very physical, very quick, but he'd miss you know, opportunities that you'd expect a 17-year-old kid that's making his debut with the first squad to, 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 to convert. And so he left a lot of doubts. Um, but you know what? To his credit, to Benfica's credit, they hung in there. 
Um, I, I know Benfica's got those, you know, the, the sports uh, mental guys working, coaches working with these players, and they did wonders with them because his second season in Portugal was just phenomenal. The dude from day one until the very last game of the season, he was Benfica's best player, uh, a dude that never gives up. He's the type of player, guys, to explain to you and the Liverpool fans at home. He's the type of player that even when he's having a bad game, it's hard for you to be critical of the guy because he always puts in his shift. You get what I'm saying? And so when you see those guys that are giving it their all at all times, yeah. you kind of give them a pass, right? Unlike those guys that come in and you can tell, okay, they're, they're still haven't adapted. They don't fit in well with the team. Their confidence is still shot. And they're walking around on the field. Like those guys are easy to criticize. But the guys that give it their all at all times, those guys, you kind of give them a pass. You could tell that they're working their way through things. And, and the only thing I tell Liverpool fans is, when you do finally convert this uh, transfer and, and Darwin Nunez is a Liverpool fan, not to expect too much his first season. Don't be too critical like I was with Benfica in terms of, of, of money. Obviously, 25 million for us is, you know, is, is you know, pennies for you guys because obviously the reported fees, 75 million up front with an additional 25 million that on fees. So that's a lot of money. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you're patient with him, I, I think you'll come around and you have the right coach, um, as you know, better than I do. Klopp's a phenomenal manager. He does well with youngsters. He's able to get guys to fit into the system, um, eases them in. And so uh, I, I think it's the right club for the right player at, at this time, to be brutally honest with you. Um, I, I think it's a much better signing for Liverpool than it would be for a Man United, for example, at Chelsea. I think you guys, with your high press, um, you know, and you're more direct, I would say, than those other teams. I think that fits that fits Darwin Nunez perfectly. So uh, ultimately, I think you'll be a, you'll be pretty content with the player. Yeah, and I think also with him is is that <clears throat> at Liverpool, the the, the team it kind of gets the freedom to go and play that way. In however you know to your to to play to your strengths, should we say? There's so much creativity in the team as well. When you look at it all the way around, there's the fullbacks. There's you know Thiago in midfield, Naby Keita when he plays can find you for the run. And if he's one of those players, and I don't know, you're going to tell me is he is he one of those players that's going to make a run off of the back of defenders? What you know, like you said, he's hardworking. He's just going to keep trying and trying and trying. This talented squad, Mo Salah is an assist machine. If he find, he can find you from anywhere, mm-hmm. I mean, some of the assists he was doing for for um, Sadio Mane this season, you know, just from from the from from the wide right area when he was playing central was unbelievable. You know, mm-hmm. so if you've got a a focus nine and Sadio's not even a nine, right? And neither, this neither guy's Darwin. a nine. This and guy's a Darwin. Darwin's not a nine. I don't think he's a nine. He's. I don't think he's. I don't think that that that's his. That's his. That's his strong position. I think he's more of a guy coming in from the left or the right wings. I don't think he's a nine. I think his touch um, is not defined enough. I think he's lacking in that department. If you're expecting him to be a nine, I think you'll be a little bit disappointed. He's much better coming off the wing, one on one, being able to use his pace and his physicality to get around a defender. I think that's when he's at his best. See, now so, that's interesting because yeah, I think everyone at Liverpool is expecting this to be their number nine. He can again with the way you guys play. He can probably play in the middle between two center backs and be that mm-hmm. nine. But I, I just I think with watching him over two seasons at Benfica, I think he's had some you know quality games at that position. But I think when he's at his best, is on the wings, getting to a ball, being able to come on a counter attack. As you said, Salah feed a ball down the wing, and he goes. He trust me, the guy has that never say die attitude. As I mentioned before, that's the one side of his game that you will not criticize. And I guarantee you that. 
Uh, there'll be plenty to criticize. But as I mentioned, if you're patient with Darwin Nunez, he'll get it. And when he gets it, he's going to be a machine. Now, you asked about if he's the type of guy that will make those runs. The guy, not only does he make them on the uh, on the attacking end of things, but on the defensive side of things, I mean, there's, there's a couple of games this year. I mean, if you guys want to go back and look at a prime example of this, just Google, sadly, it's a loss for Benfica, but Google this past season's um, Benfica Porto at the Stadio de Luz, where Benfica lose 1-0 in the dying moments of the game. And you see, it's the 90-whatever-it-is minute, and Darwin Nunez beats everyone back on the – like, he's – unfortunately, look, he couldn't intercept the pass, but he was there. And that's the type of effort that that guy gives, not only on the offensive side, but on the defensive side. I think you'll appreciate that type of player. Um, but as I mentioned, I, I just have to be frank with you guys. I don't think he's a nine, not today at least. I think his best uh, attributes, I think it's, it's best suited for him to play on the outside. That's interesting. That is going to cause a lot of uh, discussion points around on Twitter and uh, in our Discord server. So that, that is very interesting. I'm glad, no, but honestly, he's the best. And if that's what you think is is the case, and I think he's, a lot of people have said he's played, you know, left wing more. So did you did you mention also that he could play right wing as well? Yeah, right? he could play on both sides. He could play, but he, okay. I think his strongest would be cutting in and shooting with his right. He's a right footed player. He could obviously yeah. play with his left as well, but. Um, it's, look, it's going to be very interesting because you're going to have two guys from the Portuguese league on the on the left fighting it out for a minute. You could actually throw in Jota there because Jota, that's, that's the one good thing about him is he could play all three as well. But interesting enough, three guys from the Portuguese league. <laughs> it just confuses me because why would you spend then 85 million on a position that you've just already stocked up on with Diaz, you know? You could play Diaz on the right then. You could swap them. You get what I'm saying? One of them on either side. But where does Mo go? Well, Mo, Mo, Mo's coming to the end, guys. You know, <laughs> coming to the end. Sadly, he may sign, man, and that's going to be another two, three, four years, maybe if he does. No, but, but it's just—it's interesting. You guys, it's interesting. Though. It's interesting. Yeah, perfect. because as I said to you before, you have to be patient with him. If you're expecting a guy to come in lights out season one, you're mm. going to be disappointed. So it's—it's it's actually a perfect scenario for you. You still have Mo. You have Diaz on one side. Jota, Mane. We only—you know—we don't know what's going to happen with him yet, but. You know, if you have Darwin, I understand. See, that's the criticism I have with with Benfica, right? So I could imagine you guys at 75 mil, you expect the guy to be a starter. But if mm-hmm. you're easing him in, he's coming off the bench. I know 75 mil, million for a bench player is a lot, but he's going to take his time to adapt. It took him a yeah, while to no, adapt makes to Portugal, which the coach is a little bit a little bit closer, Portuguese coach to the Spanish, to the Uruguay than the English one is. Mm. <laughs> so if it took him a little while to adapt to that, I'd assume it's going to take him a little while to adapt in England. But again, the style of play, I think, is going to fit him well. But uh, look, you got other options. You're fine. Let the guy uh, figure things out before you throw him in, into the Wolves. Then, oh, absolutely. I always, you know, we have to back the player and let him take his time to games. And it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where actually Klopp plays him now and what their plan is for him. That's what I'm more interested about um, coming out of that conversation is we bought him. We've already got players that love to play in that position. Jota, like you said as well. So that's three now down there. So um, is it going to, yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> going to be amazing. I mean, really interesting. He literally is a Sadio Mane replacement then, like, cause he loved the left too. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I mean, yeah, we got Bobby as well. So Bobby Jota can play striker. We were thinking we might get the striker that we wanted, you know. But like you said, 
Maybe you, he surprises us all and, and, and yeah, Klopp plays him there. Does. Maybe he does. Look, you do have enough quality around him. So um, it's not like he's – if he's your target man and, and at Benfica, he was the one guy up top that he was looked for. And obviously everybody's going to concentrate around them. Mm. It makes it a lot more difficult. At Liverpool, he got plenty of other options. Maybe don't focus in on him so much and he looks a little bit better up top than he, you know, than he did at Benfica. The qualities then. Let's focus on some actual attributes of the player. Well, what what – you know, sticks out straight away with his time at Benfica to you. Pace, physicality. And the one thing is I mentioned over and over and over again, his never say die attitude. You know, he's got the Uruguayan attitude. Never, never you know, you never give up. You fight for every ball. Um, and he's got that in him. And so, you know, as long as the work rate is there, football will figure itself out in the end. Um, and I think he's got the right attitude for this, man. And, and as I mentioned earlier today um, on another program, I think if I'm a Liverpool fan, the one thing I'm excited about Darwin is he had a phenomenal season at Benfica and he could, he could pretty much pick whatever team he wanted to play for because not Liverpool, not the only club interested in him, right? And he could have gone to many other places, but he fell in love with Enfield, I guess, when Benfica went out there uh, to play you guys in the Champions League. And that's the club he chose. He wanted to go to Anfield he wanted to play for Liverpool so uh, I think you know that's a plus yeah apparently um, Van Dijk and Klopp had uh, had, uh, had words as well <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> know if you saw game. the interview it's so funny yeah I don't know if you saw the interview Van Dijk gave an interview not too long ago about the toughest players that he's faced in his career yeah exactly, exactly. and when he mentioned Darwin oh my god in Portugal the newspaper you know it is every that they blew up Right. It was all over the place. Oh, Van Dyke says Darwin. <laughs> and so as a Benfica fan, I'm just sitting back like, yeah, baby. Yeah, Van Dyke. I love you. you. Just you just, you know, put another 25 million on top <laughs> of the thing. I love it. Yo, who else wants to come out and praise him? You know, let's go. <laughs> and then we end up paying the extra 25 million in add-ons, <laughs> which is the fee you paid for him anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's too bad. You know, Jordan Henderson, somebody else wasn't coming out and talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine if Mo Salah or someone did it, you know, it would just be hilarious. But yeah, um, no, that's good, man. So his, his finishing is good as well? Eh, it's work in progress. Like I said, look, he's he's the type that he's going to miss. He's going to, you know, some easy opportunities that you're expecting that for him to tuck away, he's going to shank him. But then there's other times where you like, just put your head down and by the time you pick it back up, he's around three defenders and the ball's in the back of the net. You're like, what the? So he's capable of, of everything and anything. Yeah, and that, that kind of fits with what the, the rest of the guys are doing in the team as well. So, for example, let's do an example for Luis Diaz at the, at the moment. You know, he's just joined. Uh, Marco told us he was so glad to see him uh, leave the, the Portuguese league yeah. <laughs> when he left. But obviously came to the team that um, that he loves in Liverpool as well. So, uh, But he, like, towards the end of the season, yeah, brilliant start to the season. But, you know, he was missing a couple of those chances that he should have been putting away, you know, like, or at least I think he should be. And that's okay. That happens, right? Right, it's it's one of those things that players go through these these kind of you know peaks and troughs of finishing, and then Mo Salah went through it as well at the end of the season. So th- they all go through it. I think, like you're saying, if he gets enough chances, and he's um, you know he shoots as much as he is, and he gets enough touches in the box like he is now with Benfica, and you'd expect it to be more with Liverpool, surely. Yeah. You know, then that that kind of opens up the opportunities to be greater as well for him to score more goals. So, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's, I see what you're saying. But I'm hoping, I'm I hoping agree. he's Klopp's next Lewandowski. That's what I'm hoping. That's Oof. What I'm hoping. Oof. Mm. 
I mean, look, as a Liverpool fan, I understand. I don't, I don't, Lewandowski, that's, you know, I think that's a step above his pay well, grade. Well, remember, this, this club made him that pay grade. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, look. So, I, yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. The next one. I love, I love Es Cavani, right? I, I think if you got Es Cavani, I think you'd be just fine. I mean, he was a phenomenal player. Look, not everybody's, you know, Lewandowski in this world. If you get a Cavani out of, out of, out of Darwin Nunez, I think you did just fine. Very good point. And not a Cavani at Man United, guys. Not that guy. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? That's what, um, that's what, what's his name said last night? Alvaro said last night. He said, um, he said that he's a mix between Suarez and Cavani for him. That's yeah. what he thought he was, you know, as a player. That's high praise. He doesn't have the technical ability of either one of those guys, though. Mm. The one, the one crazy thing is that physically, he might be more advanced than those two guys. And even at twenty-two, he's a more powerful player than either one of those guys is. Faster, right? Wow. I don't think he's got the the fit. And I think that's when Van Dyke said that he was very hard to play against. I think it was due to that physicality. To that explosiveness, to that to that pace that he has, I don't think it had nothing to do with the with his you know with with his touch on the ball. The skill, um, yeah, yeah uh, you know. <laughs> and we miss that, dude. We miss that in the team. We need that physicality, you know, especially with the top with the front line. They're all they're all a similar size. The only short. guy you got up front is Jota. He's the only guy that really fights. Yeah, right. And Everybody he can do some support, is, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Jota's not not the biggest guy, but you know he's another guy that puts in the shift week in week out, and he, you know, he's I, don't know, I know you guys press a lot, and, and he's physical to what he can do, but I think our Darwin's another level for sure. I think he definitely improves your squad in that manner, w- without a shadow of a doubt. Aerial ability is good as well. Yeah, yeah. As I said, he gets he gets to whatever place, whatever you know, space on the pitch that he wants to. Nobody's gonna beat him out. So. Um, you know, he finishes well with his head, uh, with his right, with his left. He does it all. But again, <laughs> some wide open opportunities where your hands are up in the air. You're like, what the, what? In the, yeah, he's 22 yeah. years old, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> he's going to be learning still. Yeah. You know, you're always learning, to be honest. But that age, uh, it's, it's development. You know, you're not at your peak yet. You're definitely not at your yeah, peak. Yeah, look, yet. I was impressed. I was impressed with his mental um, with the mental side of things, because you could tell he lacked confidence in his first year. If he scored six goals, I believe, mm. um, in his first year, uh, in league goals, I should say, in his first year at Benfica, he definitely struggled. You could tell there was something there that that he wasn't the player that we all anticipated he would be. He also picked up a knee injury; he wasn't a hundred percent. But the second year, man, for that, for a kid to have again. 21 at the time, turned 22 in the middle of the season. For a kid to have that mental strength to turn things around, knowing that, you know, has the huge price tag on him, the expectations are through the roof. For him to have that mental fortitude and, you know, be able to put the package together, be able to play well against Barcelona in the Champions League. I understand it's not the Barcelona, the great Barcelona size, but it's still Barcelona. You know, to to have a great performance against Ajax, even against you guys, right, against Liverpool. That's that's not for everyone. I think he saw that as an opportunity to to showcase his ability to showcase himself to the world, and and I think he did. And look, Liverpool, Klopp, Van Dyke, everybody fell in love with him, and um, I I think you know you should applaud him for that because it's not every player that's able to turn it on like that from one year to another to to the next. I should say with the huge expectations hanging over their shoulders. 
amazing. What does this deal do for Benfica? What did you think when you know Liverpool came knocking for um, for Darwin? Were you were you gutted or you know are you happy because of the deal, the fee? You know, what was your reaction to the deal? A little bit of both. A little bit of both, to be brutally honest. Uh, and, and to be fair, <laughs> maybe I'm saying this on the wrong podcast, but when I heard Liverpool came in for him, I wasn't um, too happy about it. not because of 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 the 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 you know the the fees or what type of fees we're gonna get or or the club itself because I I do support Liverpool as a little kid. Uh, my dad would always talk to me about <clears throat> his greatest teams. My dad in his mind were Benfica, obviously. Um, Real Madrid was the biggest of them all. Bayern Munich and Liverpool. He, my dad would always explain to me those were the biggest clubs in the world. So I've always had this side of me that that, that looked at Liverpool, you know, kindly. So um, I don't dislike Liverpool, even though you guys knocked us out of the Champions League. But you know, we we did the same thing back in 06 after you guys you had did, lifted. You the, did that hurt, man. Simao Mikoli. Yeah, exactly. So we've had uh, we've had a you know it's been back and forth, which is entertaining. But now to expect Benfica to to, to to compete with the big bad sharks of Liverpool's of this world is you know it's just not not a, not a doable thing. But at the time when reports started swirling, we all knew that at some point if if Darwin was able to put it all together, because you know as much as we hate to admit it, guys, right? The Portuguese league is a feeder club, uh, is a feeder league, right? Benfica is a feeder club. Look, just look at the top teams in world football, and they all got a Benfica player on it. So we've kind of accepted the fact that when these guys get to the next level, uh, not just Benfica, but Portuguese clubs in general can't turn down 60, Some 70. Big boys have years. gone from the league, man, in the yeah. last two, three years. Exactly. Know? Bruno we, Diaz now. There's, you know, there's been some. Yes, yes. Joan Felix. So many yeah. guys. Joan Felix went for, for, for almost double what the Darwin was going for. But when, when, when the teams, uh, when the reported team, interested teams started coming out, the one team I actually thought fits Darwin the best was Atletico Madrid. They have a South American coach, you know, uh, Argentinian, not Uruguayan, but neighbors, whatever. Uh, the mentality, the culture is the same. The language in Spain is obviously it's Spanish, so it's easy for him to adapt to. He'd been already in Spain. And then the style of play. I think Darwin is great in the high press counterattacks. If he's going to, you know, the Barcelona's a tiki-taka, Barcelona's a little I think Darwin will be an atrocious signing, right? He doesn't have that in his game. That's not his type of game. That's why I said to you before, Liverpool would have been my second choice. Uh, but I think the team that actually fit him perfect would have been Atletico Madrid. But look, he played against Liverpool, went to Anfield, and you, you know better than I do why it's so easy to fall in love with Liverpool and Anfield once you make it to that place. So, um, you know, he was awesome that game. To be fair to him, he was yeah, like, yeah. You guys play with your B side. I thought it was disrespectful, but it's okay. <laughs> we had so many games. We had so many games. You have to understand. It was like we. How do we manage the squad? We had Man City on the weekend. The, the game after you was the FA Cup semi final. Believe me, there was um, there was that was a tough time for for Liverpool fans. We were going through the ringer with such big games. <laughs> Every game was big, and we had to try and protect players although we'd never get so far as we did yeah. you know in the season so yeah it was never about disrespect it was always about yeah, it, was, it was great to see though we're down 3-1 and everybody yeah. else packed it in and we you look again that Darwin Nunez attitude it's not over to the fat lady singing and you know he kept us in the game and I thought Benfica had a couple of other opportunities to, to maybe even 
come out of there with a victory, which I think would have shocked everybody. But uh, you're right. That's the thing that came out. He never gave up. Mm-hmm. Well, he kept on shooting, and he thought he'd scored with that last one, oh, with that the, volley yeah. outside the box, and and yeah. Allison saved it. He yeah. just looked at Allison and went, "What? How did you <laughs> save that? Like yeah. I hit that so clean, man. I was like, that that was so. I was gutted, mate. I was gutted. I was gutted because Benfica, and I know we're here to talk about Darwin, but Benfica is a giant of world football. Yeah. You know, we've not been run properly um, for a while now. And I know the former president, Luis Vieta, kind of turned things around. Before that, as I mentioned before, we went through the longest stretch in the history of the club, 11 seasons without winning a title. And this is a club that has so much to offer, right? They should be, uh, I say this often, I'm not saying this as a Benfica, I'm saying this as a football fan. I understand that Benfica is not going to be able to compete with the you know, United Cities. Barca's, Real Madrid's, Bayern Munich's, Liverpool's, right? Chelsea's of the world, like the, the PSG's, the big fat Czech guys, right? But we should be on the next wave of things. You get what I'm saying? The next wave of clubs, I believe Benfica belongs in, maybe not at the very top, you know, 12, 13, but you know, at the back end of the next wave of clubs, I think that's the sort of club that Benfica can be. Benfica should be at the ver- at the bare minimum, season in, season out making it to the knockout stages of, of, of the Champions League. And then after that, it's a lottery. Depends on whatever, you know, whichever way the balls fall, right? But that's the type of club that Benfica should be. And unfortunately, we, you know, we just get in, get the, you know, we get in our own way, you know, with the voting and for presidents yeah. and this and that. It, it just, we, it has not been a good, you know, uh, job done by the saucers over the years to, to kind of witness and realize what's, what, you know, what's going on in front of us and turning the page. But that's another story for another day. This fee uh, but, should help, right? This fee should help in yeah, your next, your next, your next, say, batch of players coming in. Maybe that, that, that. See, I was getting to that. I, will it help? Yeah, of course. I mean, eighty, seventy-five mil helps, but I, I don't think Benfica was dependent on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't hmm. think like they're waiting on this to survive or to go out and get other players. Look, we understand that not making it to the Champions League, um this upcoming season will hurt. Obviously, Benfica finished in third place, which is disastrous. But in Portugal, only the first two go directly into the Champions League next season. So Benfica hasn't gotten the fee yet. They'll have to go through the Champions League playoff. And then if they do, they'll get that fee. And this is just surplus money. This is, you know, extra money. But, it, you know, we'll be very dependent on that Champions League money. This, what it does is cushions the... If, I mean, I don't even want to talk about this, guys. If Benfica doesn't make it through... Then we'll have this money to you know to to, to soften the the blow, but I, um, but I don't think we're dependent on it. Now it depends what Benfica is going to do with it. I think we look if you follow Portuguese football closely, depends who you speak to. Um, there's there's plenty of haters that will tell you otherwise. But the one club in Portugal that makes money year in year out is Benfica, um, and so. Again, I, 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 until we spend this money, until it's September 1st, and we see what kind of roster we've uh, put together for new coach Roger Schmidt, who comes over from PSV. Um, I, I won't be able to answer that question, to be brutally honest with you. The only thing I can tell you is it, it will soften the blow if Benfica does not make it to the Champions League final. I think that's the one positive aspect of this deal, because there will be plenty of Benfica fans you'll speak to that will tell you um, that Benfica made a mistake in selling him. We could have sold other guys. Uh, obviously not for that sum of money, but two or three guys, two guys will definitely get us back to 75 mil. And then you keep this monster on your team. 
you wait until the World Cup in November this year, right? A lot of people forget that the World Cup this year uh, is in the middle of the winter or whatever, fall, see winter, beginning of winter in Qatar, which is summer there. But if if Darwin goes to the World Cup, with not if he goes, he's going to go unless he's injured, right? But when Darwin goes to the World Cup with Uruguay, if he has a phenomenal World Cup, right? If he sits, he, he should start for Uruguay. If he has a phenomenal performance throughout that World Cup, you guys will be very lucky. You'll be looking at this as a bargain, right? Because Benfica fans will tell you, hold on to him, let him go out there, blow it up, and then sell him in the summer for for, for the 150 that's on his release clause. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I guess only time will tell. It only time was a very interesting point, actually, that we could have saved money. I mean, that's the first yeah. time anyone would say that to you. You spent eighty-five million pounds. Well, you will in the end, but sixty-four million pounds up front was seventy-five million euros. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, gags, you actually could have saved money here. <laughs> yeah, there's I'm telling. There's plenty of Benfica people. And there's actually people in the club that I've had conversations with that are against this sell. They didn't want them wow. to leave because they think they think that they can, you know, get double after the World Cup. Yeah. And you'll see. I mean, only time will tell. But me, as a Benfica fan, I'm looking at this, and I got a lottery ticket in my hand for $100 million bucks. Mm. Do I cash this in? We're talking about a player that just a year ago struggled with confidence, struggled, you know, playing f- in you know in Lisbon in Portugal, the club that's not, you know, f- I mean, they are in front of millions, but not like Liverpool, right? Champions League, quarters, semis, finals. Right, like you guys have been FA Cups and whatever other cups you play over there in England, which is like a thousand of them. Um, Twelve types of pre- so you're sitting there and you're like, man, he struggled with confidence. He just had a knee injury. Do I cash the ticket in? Because if I don't, I might be able to cash it for double. But he can have another knee injury, and you get another knee injury. All of a sudden, now clubs start to doubt you. You lose value. What if he struggles? And you're like, it's a new coach. He doesn't adapt, right? So you start having all these questions. So I understand why Benfica sold him. I really do. But, you know, maybe those guys, uh, like I said, maybe maybe we'll be sitting here in December and we're like, hey, Liverpool, man, you got yourselves a bargain, man. That was cheap. But we'll have to wait and see. It could go either way. It's very, very, very interesting, mate. Very interesting. But um, is there anything else that we haven't covered on Darwin? Or do you think we've covered it all? I mean, besides my my initial hate for the guy, I think uh, everything else has been covered. <laughs> but do you love I, the guy now? That's the thing. I, I see in his very first game against Boavista, he comes in off the bench and he tries to trap a ball. And, dude, he has the touch of a three-year-old. And I said, that's it. This guy sucks. <laughs> I don't care. This guy is never going to end. So, for me to sit here uh, 22, 23 months later uh, and tell you that, look, he's, he's obviously impressed me. He's turned things around. It's it's very high praise for me. So um, I think in the end, you'll be very happy with Darren. But as I as I'm saying, I said it earlier, be very patient. Be yeah, very yeah. don't all these dumb comparisons that we're hearing about Haaland and whatever. He's more expensive than uh, Erling Haaland that's going to Man City. That's I don't even know how to pronounce that guy's name. Uh, but right, did I say it right? Erling Haaland, yeah, Haaland's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. if you see this guy Haaland putting the ball in the back of the net week in, week out, and Darwin was not doing, don't don't fall into the trap of compare, just give it his time. You'll be happy in the end, dude. They paid 
they're paying over 130 million for Haaland. All the, all the hidden payments to his dad, to him. Yeah, those are million to his dad. Yeah, it's just it's a <laughs> joke, man. Like you've got to include those. How are they not part of the transfer? <laughs> Fucking jokers. Anyway, it's not about dissing Man City. We all hate Man City collectively. <laughs> well, uh, I don't. But, I don't hate them because they got like they got a boatload of Benfica players on the team. So, all right, fair enough. I, I don't root for them, but I don't hate them because of that. That's okay, the only reason. That's Bernardo fair. Silva. How can you root against Bernardo Silva? Dude, I mean, don't even go there. There's How a hate. You? There's a hate relationship with Liverpool fans and Bernardo Silva. With Bernardo, for real? I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't aware. Of you that. need to go down that rabbit hole on Twitter. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, he 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 fights with Liverpool fans. I'd expect I'd expect the 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 fight between Cancelo with Liverpool fans because of Trent, right? The comparison, the two best right backs in the world. That I'm, um, you know, okay, I could see that. But Bernardo, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm yeah, surprised. Yeah, yeah, Bernardo yeah. is is a fan. He's he's a huge fan of Benfica, which is crazy, right? Because mm. the guy is currently under contract for Manchester City and all his Twitter love is for Benfica. It's like, wait a minute. He wants to retire at Benfica. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, he will. I believe he will. But like, wait a minute. You're playing for my club and you're, you know, spreading your love for Benfica. Like, what the? But so he's just a player. I don't, I don't see anyone hating. I'm surprised. So I'm That's surprised. Cool, man. That's pretty cool history. that he does that with Benfica. That's very cool. Yeah. But the history of Liverpool, as I mentioned to you before, my dad spoke to me about those things. He's a fan. He's, he's, he's a student of history, right? No, I'm no, he's he's, okay. he's done some stupid things, and yeah. he's also yeah, yeah, he's he's, he, yeah, he's quite petulant with Liverpool fans. I can see that. Ruin. You know when yeah. when they had to give the guard of honor as well to Liverpool. Yes, he yes. ignored it completely. Didn't didn't clap. <laughs> he's a right bitch, man. I swear to God, he was. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't know he's that. got he's got a bitchy side to him, man. You see the nice you know, side. You know, you're, you're, not like side you know? you're not gonna like it, but I, but just after hearing that, I like him more. <laughs> Not, not nothing to do with Liverpool. Just, just no, no, yeah. He's, he's got, got the attitude. attitude. That competitiveness, like, what? I'm not, oh, I'm, yeah. Like but he that. couldn't take it. He couldn't take it. He was like just. This, we wow. can't. How are we giving them a guard of honor? This is disgusting. You yeah. know, <laughs> they've never done this for us. How? So yeah, he was. Uh, everybody else did it. He was just like <laughs> trying to look away. He had his bib on. On his. He tried to. He tried to disguise himself as a ball boy or something. It was hilarious. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. But yeah. But anyway, um, uh, Cristiano, this was awesome. Having you on uh, the hour, well, I think it was forty minutes or so, non-stop. Was it? Talking. Yeah, it just flew by. Thank like you. Minutes. <laughs> wow. Thank you, know, you so much. And I'm sure when you're doing something you enjoy, back. when you enjoy doing something, if it doesn't feel like work, not that this is work, but you know what I'm saying. When you enjoy doing something, it doesn't feel like I don't know. This wow, this flew by. Flew I'm by. hoping. I'm hoping we get Benfica in the group. Just oh, so on, we can wasn't enough last year. Wasn't no, enough? no, just so we can we speak wanna, to you again, dude. Uh, want to stomp on us? Just, and like, so we can. We want to speak to you again on Anfield Index. That's why. Yeah, Darwin come to the lose and score at the lose. Come on, bro. You're like you sticking <laughs> in the knife and twisting. That's not nice, man. You're rubbing salt in the wound. That's not nice. Take our best player, all right? Take my woman and just leave, all right? You don't got to come back to my bar and dance with her, all right? Leave it alone. But well, I definitely want to hear you on AI pods more. So uh, sure. let's hope we play Benfica. Tell Marco, me, me and Marco get on. Marco's fantastic. I know you yeah, guys know all about him. Marco's awesome. awesome. He's a phenomenal. I love Marco. Love, love, love. <laughs> Thank you, Marco, for introducing me to Gags here, man. And whenever you guys need anything, whether it's Benfica or just to BS. You hit me up and I'll, I'll be available, man. You guys are a Absolutely. lot of fun. Thank you, Marco, for the introduction. As always, we'll speak to Marco soon. But for you, thank you so much for coming on and uh, sparing your time. 
today for this. We really appreciate it. I'm sure all the Liverpool fans listening appreciate it as well for being so honest as well. Uh, opens up our minds a little bit more. We get to learn a little bit of uh, the other view of the fans and what they feel, you know, Benfica fans. So that's good. And uh, I'm sure this podcast will raise many eyebrows and have lots of people talking. So for that, I thank you more than anything. Thanks so much, my friend. You're welcome, my friend. Pleasure's all mine, man. Let's go uh, Darwin. <laughs> let's go Darwin. Yes, let's go. Absolutely. As a nine, let's go. But um, yeah, thank you again. And to everybody listening, this is again another Darwin Nunez pod. Um, there's still more to come. There will be more content. Keep your ears peeled to our podcast. And uh, if you haven't joined our Discord server, please do. Anfordinus.com forward slash Discord. Thank you once again, Cristiano. And we will speak to you all very soon. Up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.